Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. Hey, Gerald, can you hustle up here real quick? I know you're in shape, so you could probably do it like faster than most people in this room. Can you give a quick shout out about what your small group is so people can know and get some information about that? Make, make sure I'm not out of breath. Um, our small group is actually a workout group. Um, Zane, matter of fact, Zane, wherever Zane is, I think he's upstairs. Um, Zane works out with us. Nicole does. Our whole, and it's also not just a workout group. We have devotion time also. But it's, especially during the summertime, we're just going to kind of enjoy time just working out with each other um, and just sharing a little bit of scripture off and on. Um, but it's an open group to anybody. It's also open to kids. Our, our kids work out there also. Um, and, and, and Miss, Miss Sally, she's, she's worked out and things like that. Um, the group itself, is, it's open for all fitness levels also. Um, so don't think you're like, oh, I can't come do this. Like, like he's going to kill me. No, it's not like that. I promise. Um, we have a good time. We have fun. It's from 6 to 7 p.m., though. Um, so it, some people are like, that's a hard time getting there. Show up late. It's okay. I promise we don't ever start on time, and we never finish on time. But we do sweat, and we have a lot of fun. I promise you that, though. So if my back wasn't hurting, I'd be there with your brother. But that sounds like a great group, a way to get good fellowship and get in shape. And it fits along with self-care, what we're going to be talking about later on. But today's, uh, today's Father's Day, right? So happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Good job. You're keeping the population going. We have a gift out there. There's some dad's root beer, and there's these little candy things that are pretty good. They're very tasty. I've already eaten two out of my pack. There are three in there, and they're kind of cool because if you take it and you put it like this, it looks like a cigar. I think that's kind of nice. You can feel like a real man walk around like that. But they're tasty. So feel free to grab them. It's their gift for you for fathers. It is really hard to find things for dads. You, you ever realize that? Do you know that they spend $2 billion more on Mother's Day than on Father's Day. Two, as it should be, someone said. As it should be. Anyways, we'll talk over to this side of the audience. It's really hard to find things for dads. My, my wife, she asked, what do you want for Father's Day? I'm like, I, I just want to chill. I just want to relax. And, and, and so I'm going to put up, they asked a thousand men, there was a survey, and they asked a thousand men, so here's what a thousand different men had said are some of the worst Father's Day gifts, so if you already picked it out, oh well. Clothing. 50% of men said, ah, I don't really want any clothing. Now I'm sure the other 50% loved it. A houseware and decor. Please don't give me any houseware, all right? I don't need a frying pan, all right? Uh, exercise equipment, that's 2%. So you know what? A lot of men do like exercise equipment. If you got me something good for exercise equipment, that's not too bad. And then gift cards, tools, those are probably the, the best options out there. So that's just, I thought that was interesting, trying to give you some ideas. But it is hard to get things for men. And even coming up of what kind of little gift that, that we could give for guys. One time I was at a church, and they bought these little tape measures that were about this big, and they were about 50 cents a piece, and they went out about six inches, and they handed out all the guys. And I was like, this is the stupidest thing in the world. I was like, why are you giving me this crap? 
All right, and so we don't want to give you crap. So we bought you a root beer. If you don't like the root beer, I'm sorry. Give it to a friend. And these candies are delicious, all right? So you can grab them. They are chocolate-covered pretzels. All right, my wife wants to make that clear. And, and she's, the one who put, she's the one who put all that together, just so you know. 95, you guys think I do most of the work around the church. I just stand up and talk for 30 minutes every week. It is basically my wife who helps run this place. So you need to honor, and I, and I honor her hard work and everything she does to keep things going. Because talking is the easy part. But it brought me to a question, because the, the message today is called a Heavenly Father's Day. And it brought me to a question is, is what can we get God for Father's Day? Like, that's, I mean, it's hard enough to think about what you get your real dad. Like, when I think about what to get my dad, my dad, and, you know, some people, you have a bad relationship with your dad, and I understand it's a very painful subject, and so I'm not trying to bring that up. But when I try to think about what to get my dad, he doesn't need anything. Nothing I can get my dad is he's really going to appreciate. And he definitely doesn't want me buying him junk. And he doesn't like me wasting money on cards, all right? I was raised in a family that was like, if you buy me a $3 greeting card, you are wasting money. Stop that, all right? My dad is cheap, and he instilled that in me. In fact, there was one, there's one birthday card, me and Jesse. If you know Jesse, who runs the children's ministry upstairs, our birthdays are one day apart. And we have a card that we pass back and forth every year. And it says, have an adequate birthday. That's all that it says. <laughs> but so what can you get God? And there's a scripture out of 1 Chronicles 29, 11, And I wanted you to, uh, to, 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 I want to read this. And this is David talking. It says, and I want you to think about the Lord. It says, you, your, David had just won a big victory. And I, and I want you to think about the Lord. As David was thinking about the Lord, as he had just won this huge victory, he says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. David is just pouring his heart out. And he says, for all that is in the heavens and is in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as a head above all. And I just want to point that, put that out there before, before you guys. Like, like, he's above everything. He's above everything. Okay? We can't give him anything. We can't do anything for God that he needs. There's nothing like, nothing that we could buy, nothing we could do. He, he's overall. What, what are you going to give him? What could you do for him? And so as I was thinking about this, I thought that the best Father's Day gift that you can give the Lord is daily devoting your life to loving the things that he loves. Daily devoting your life to loving the things that he loves. I think that's the best thing that we can do. Because there's no other gift that we can really, really do. But God loves some things. And we're going to go over a few of the things that God loves. And I would hope, my hope and my prayers. And, and we were praying this morning. We have intercession. I beg you. I beg you. If, you. if you are part of this church and you believe in this church, show up at 9 o'clock. I challenge some of you guys, yeah, that's a little early, but come into this side room with the intercessors. 
we were in tears back there, and I'm begging you, and I was, I, we were just praying for you guys that, I, that you would leave here with a passion for the things of the Lord, that you would leave here gripped with a love for the things that God loves, that your heart would be changed, and if there's anything, this was my prayer, and I'm telling you what I prayed for you this morning, if there's anything dry in your heart, that the fire of God would just burn it up, and you would leave here with a passion for the things of God. One thing that God loves is Jesus. All right? And I, and I, I want to talk about that. And that's an easy answer, all right? That's the Bible school answer. All right? When somebody asks you a question in, in Sunday school, um, Jesus? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the answer. That's the easy one. But, but, but I want to read a scripture. It says, um, it's out of Luke chapter 2, and it's verse 10 through 11. And it says, And an angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. All people. Everybody you saw yesterday in this city, it's good news for every single person you'll see today. What Jesus did is every single person you're going to meet tomorrow, this is good news for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I want you to think about that. When God came to solve man's problem of sin, he sent his one and only son, his only begotten son, Jesus. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send Gabriel. He didn't send Michael. He didn't send some random angel. We don't know his name like Larry. Like, like if I... He, he was thinking of the cross. The cross was the answer. The cross dying, a painful death. He was looking around heaven, and he could have been like, Gabriel, it's the cross. Sorry, buddy, it's you. Go for it. But he looked at his son, Jesus, and he said, the only way that their salvation can be purchased is through the cross, through the blood. And I've got to send you, my son. He could have picked anything else. It's, it talks about creatures. If you read the book of, book of Revelation, these crazy creatures that fly around and they look weird and they're strange. And, and he could have picked one of them to come down here. But, but he said, my one and only son, it's, it's going to take death and it's going to be horrible and you're going to be beaten and you're going to be naked and you're going to be abused and, and, and you're, and you're going to have done nothing wrong and you're not going to have deserved it. But it's your blood that will save all people. And I'm sending you, my son. And heaven was full of other options. And that's why I love Jesus. Because he freely came down here for us. And he came down for all people. And that's why our prayer for you in this church is that you would fall in love with Jesus Christ. That you would be gripped with the fact that God gave his best for you. And he didn't... It, it cost him a lot. It cost him a lot. It was his son dying an embarrassing death. Naked on a cross. Whipped and beaten. Like if you read the story, like you read the story, when they, when they crucified Christ, it's, they pulled his beard out. I mean, sometimes my wife will pluck hair out my ear. That hurts. But they, they ripped his beard out. And they punched him. They, 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 I believe they punched him and they said, prophesy, prophesy. Who hit you? Who hit you? 
And they dressed him in, in, in robes and put a crown of thorns on him and, and said, oh, you're the king. Oh, you're really a king. You say, oh, you're really the king of the Jews. Look at you. And they nailed him there. And God knew that was the only way, the only sacrifice that would pay for all of us. It's good news for all people. That's good news for all people. Everybody in this city needs to know this. Everybody in this city needs to know what Jesus did for them, that the love he has for them, that he died for every single one of them. Everybody needs to know. You need to know the love that Christ has for you, that, that he put it all on the line and he didn't hold anything back. Man, and I want you to fall in love with Jesus. I want you to leave here. I want you to think about Jesus. And, and, and I want your heart to break. I love him. He's wonderful. Another thing that God loves is family. Do you know that God has existed eternally as, as Father, Son, and Spirit? He's existed eternally as family. God loves family. There's a verse out of Genesis chapter 12 where God is talking to Abraham and he's prophesying about Jesus. He's prophesying about what would happen on the cross. And in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, the scripture says, I will bless you, who, those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And then talking to Abraham, he says, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Notice he didn't say all the individuals. Because God knows the importance of families. Fam families, families, man, we had my son's birthday party yesterday. Seven-year-old birthday parties are off the chain. Kids, we, we got these sticks. They look like poop. All right? They were they did, they, sticks that look like poop, inflatable poop. That's what he wanted for his birthday for the pool. And they were hitting each other in the pool, and they were beating each other, and they were having fun hitting each other with these big inflatable poop sticks. And they had a blast, and then he had presents, and he got all these Nerf guns, and he was shooting people in, in the eye, and then he found out that he had glasses. He said, I need to put these glasses on so I don't get in the eye. But then we sat around in a circle, and it was, it was my wife's idea, and it was, it, was, it was the best thing of the best thing that we did that day. We sat around in the circle, and each of us looked at my seven-year-old son, and, and we said, let's think of one thing that you love or that you appreciate or one kind thing you can think about your brother. And everybody went around, and they shared a story. I remember the time you did this, and, and I thank you. And I, and I was like, Jeremy, I thank you that like, every time you come up to me, you give me the biggest, sweetest hug, and you wrap your arm around me, and, and, and you never whine when I ask you to help. And that's rare for a kid, all right? I got five of them. I know that's rare. That's special. But if I say, Jeremy, can you go do this? Jeremy's like, all right, let's go. And he always helps. But God loves family. And in fact, when God established salvation and he sent Jesus, his son, to die, and he died on the cross, what came out of that was the body of Christ, a family of believers. And so God created a new family that you are to be a part of. We, 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 we read the card, and, and I know I'm going to crack about cards, and, and, and I apologize for that, guys, about cards. But we read the card uh, from uh, Holden's mother. Remember last week we read it, how grateful they were? They're family. 
their, their brother was in need, our brother's in need. I mean, I, I believe this stuff. This is real. If, we're, if, you, if you're in a church and you're not a family, that's not a church. That's a social club. Now, do families have arguments and fights? Yeah. Do families have weird uncles? Yes. Do families have all kinds of different strange people in them? Mine does. But we're a family. I was, some, I was talking with a friend, and he was saying that um, he was having breakfast with a buddy, and his buddy said, I, I have this money, and I'm looking to give it away. Do you have any organization that I can give this money away to? I want to give this money. I want to be a blessing. They're both believers. They're having a conversation. And my friend looked at him, and he said, you go to a church with a 1,000 people, and you don't know one person in that church that has a need? At our church, I don't want it to be that way. I don't want anybody mooching. We ain't got no space for moochers. All right, don't take that the wrong way. But if we got people in genuine need, we're family, right? We should take care of each other. And we do. I could tell you story upon story about people meeting people's needs in this room, even though the size we are out of their own pocket. Because that's what family is. And when, here we want you to fall in love with Jesus. I want you to find a good church family. Not just the most exciting, fun, best church in the world, but a church where you can have family. Because God loves family. I want to go on in, um, in the New Testament, James 1.27. And I want you to think about this. It's out of the NLT because I just love the way it says it. And it says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of the God and the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. The thing about an orphan and a widow is they're familyless. Do you know there's people in this city that the only family they have is Facebook? The only family they have is arguments with strangers on message boards? That they're lonely? And that one day, God might put you in their path to become part of their family? There's people in this city, orphans and widows. Now there might be legitimate orphans and widows, and we need to care for them. There are widows in our church that we take special care of and we, we reach out to. But there's orphanless people in this city right now. There's 135,000 people in Lexington that don't have a church home. I want you to think about that. 135,000 people in Lexington that do not have a place that they have a church family. And the question that I want to ask is, without any judgment... But in all sincerity, what are you going to do about that? Not what is Chris going to do about it, because I'm giving it my all, I promise. But what are you going to do about that? Another thing that God loves is freedom. Freedom. God doesn't want you to be bound by anything. God hates slavery. If we go to the book of John, chapter 8, verse 31, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, said, If you abide in my word, which means you constantly read it and study it, 
you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It goes on to say in verse 33, they answered him. They gave him like an answer. They said, hey, wait a second. We're Abraham's children. We've never been enslaved by anyone. Isn't that stupid? Weren't Abraham's children enslaved by the Egyptians? Aren't they already wrong in that? How can you say that we will be free? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you that everybody who practices sin is a slave to sin. And the slave does not remain for the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. With all the love I can possibly give you, I know there's people in here, you're bound with stuff. There's stuff that you are ashamed of. I've been there. I've been there when I was a youth pastor, and I had to stand up every week and preach, and I had sin in my life. And I would stand up and preach, and God would show up, and kids would get saved, and the youth group was growing, and God was doing great things. And I had sin in my life that I was embarrassed to tell anybody about. And until I got with a group of men and I, got, and I and actually went through some counseling, now I'm free. But I know there's some of you in this room that you're bound to some things that you're ashamed to tell anybody. You got, and it hurts. Being a slave ain't fun. Nobody signs up for slavery. Nobody wants to be a slave to sin. God wants you free. And Christ can set you free. It says, so if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And, and so I want you to be part of our church family, and I want you to love Jesus, and then I want you to get over your past so that you can get ready for the future that God has for you. Because I'm telling you something. Once God set me free from some of this stuff... Man, it's, I, I'm a lot happier. It's great to not be living in sin. I mean, not that I'm perfect. Not that I don't make mistakes. That's not what I'm saying. But it's great to not have stuff in my closet I'm not afraid to show, show people. And there's people in this room, and I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, but I just know the reality of people. God wants you free. This isn't about judgment. This is like, hey, let's not be a slave anymore. This is not pointing fingers at you and trying to make you feel bad. This is pointing like the key up and saying, let's take those chains off. Let's let Jesus deal with it. Sometimes it can happen in a simple prayer. Sometimes you might need to go to counseling. But, but you know what? If you're not free, let's fix it. If your marriage is on the verge of, of breaking down, that is bad. Let's take care of that. Let's let Jesus work in both of you. My wife and I have both been there. But we're free now. And our marriage is wonderful. Another thing God loves is making a difference. Do you know how I know God loves making a difference? Because he sent Jesus. Because when he saw that the world was lost and that people were separated from him and Adam had disobeyed, that he just didn't leave us there. 
You know, he could have just given up. He could have just, just given up. Adam could have eaten the fruit, and he could have just been like, you know what? I, it ain't even worth it. Boom. Just made everything disappear. But he made a difference. He sent his son to set us free and to forgive us for our sins and to change our lives and to make our lives new. And I want to read a scripture out of Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came to them and said, this is Jesus' last words to his disciples before he ascended up into heaven. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That means he's in charge. Then he says a word. He says, go. It is not a suggestion. He didn't say, if you got some extra time in your lives, guys, go. If you're not doing anything else, go. If you got a few extra minutes, go. He said, go, therefore, and make disciples. What is a disciple? That's a learner, somebody who follows Jesus and learns how to love people like Jesus loves people. That's what a disciple is. A disciple is someone that realized that Jesus loves them so much that even when they were at their worst, Jesus loves them. And you learn how to love everyone even when they're at their worst, which means God puts a lot of dirt bags in front of you. But he does. He puts some really slimy people in front of you, and he says, now go ahead and love that person. And you're like, thank you for this opportunity, God. And you learn how to love them and to not judge them and how to help them, and how to look at them, and how to pray for them, and, how, and how, to, how to see that they were just like you were at one time. Go, therefore, make disciples of people who look just like you. All right? People who look just like you, that's who you should care about? Oh, oh all nations. Sorry, I read that wrong. Baptizing them. Baptizing, that kind of goes back to family. Baptizing is, you know, that's where you go under the water, but it also is the idea of being immersed in the body of Christ. You go down, your life is, 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 is your old life is, goes down into the water, and you come up into your new life as part of the body of Christ. And it is our job when people walk in that door or we meet people out in the community to immerse them into the church family. Do you know when somebody walks in the door for the first time, it's not just my job to baptize them into the body. If this is your job, church, it's your job too. Do you know that I'm an introvert? That every time I talk to somebody, I die on the inside. Just a little bit. I, every time I talk to somebody, it's some, a little piece of Chris is dead. It's like, ah. But just like Paul said, I die daily. Also, I've learned that as I've talked to the people in this room and I look around at the faces in this room and the people that I've gotten to know, man, I love, the, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. And so even though that part of Chris died, it needed to die so that a new thing could come alive. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe a couple of the things that I have commanded them. 
Oh, wait a second. All of the things. Ooh, that's kind of painful. Do you think Jesus meant all? Do you live your life? Do you live your Christianity? I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not trying to be judgmental. But do we really believe Jesus? Or is he just our get out of hell free card? Is Jesus your get out of hell free card? Or is he your Lord and Savior? Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. You don't get to pick and choose. A lot of us, we just have enough faith that, hey, hopefully I don't wind up in hell. Hopefully, Jesus, I believe, you know, the blood, the cross, that, that's all I want. That part about loving people and forgiving people and being pure. Let's skip over those parts. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, if you'll make a difference. My prayer, and I've been praying this whole morning, and I've been praying this whole week, is that you guys would take these verses, and you would make these your life verses. That you would say, you know what, I'm not afraid to go. That I'll go out there, and even if I look stupid, I'll share the gospel with somebody. Do you know one day I had lunch with a guy who's a really been a believer for a long time? I had lunch. He's been a believer for a long time. He had led many small groups for a long time. And I said, hey, you want to go share the gospel with somebody? He's like, I've never done that. I was like, you've never done that? And I was like, watch how easy it is. We walked down the street, found a kid walking, talked to him about Jesus. Took about 10 minutes. Shared the gospel with him. Make disciples, that you'd stick with people, that you'd baptize them in the body, that, that, that you would love somebody so much that if you saw them going through something, that you would get involved and not think that it's Chris's job to fix their problem. Because Chris can barely take care of himself. But that you'd baptize them into the body and you'd invite them to a small group and you'd invite them into something and that you would... You, you would make disciples and that you would teach them all the things that Jesus said. And so how do we do that in our church? We have a few things that, that we try to do to, to make it easy for you guys. One of them is go deeper. What's the purpose of go deeper? Go deeper is a chance for you to get to know us and, for, and it lets us get to know you. Right? If you're coming to this church you should probably get to know us. It talks about what we believe, what we value, what's important to us. And if you're going to be part of our family, we want to get to know you. We want to know who you are. Are you the, are you the next person that might be the next pastor of this church? I ain't planning on going somewhere. But do you know what my prayer is? Do you know how I know I've won? I'll tell you, before I even planted this church, my prayer is I'll know I'll won. I've won. When I'm sitting in a chair and somebody that got saved in this church is up here preaching better than I can preach, that's when I know I've won. But we got to get to know you because you might be that person or you might be the crazy uncle. And we got to figure that out because there ain't nobody want the crazy uncle up here. Number two, we do small groups and hangouts. 
Why do we do? Why do we eat so much? Jesus ate a lot in the Bible. Go through a lot of his teaching was done around meals. In fact, one of the things he left was the Lord's Supper was actually eating. We have meals together. Um, we want you to become part of the church family. Um, and so we, enjoy, we encourage you to join a small group to, when the hangouts are here to spend time and join and try to, try to stay around and, and get to know some people, try to, try to get to know um, uh, uh, everybody in the church. Become part of the church family. That's why we do those things. You will not grow in your faith or in this church if you do not find a small group and if you do not make time for some of those hangouts. How many people can say you've been blessed by the conversations you've had at the hangouts that we've done? That's why we do them, so that you can get to know people. The next thing we have, we have a freedom group, and we're going to start that again in the fall, and we're actually going to have a freedom night. We're going to have a night on a Saturday night. We're going to give God some time to work in your heart and life. Think about how long it took for you to get this messed up. Do you think maybe it might take some time for God to fix you up? So we're going to do a freedom group. When you see that sign up in the fall, I'd love for you to consider coming and being a part of the freedom group. The freedom group is a group for people that have some stuff they want to work out in their lives. We had some men go through it. We had some ladies go through it. And we'll have one or two groups going this fall and this August. We're planning, i got to make sure that the building will allow us, but we're planning on a Saturday night to come here, and it's just going to be a freedom night. You know what we're going to do? We're going to worship, and for those of us, if you're like me and you might have some stuff in your life you want God to work on, we're going to give the Lord some time to work on some stuff and maybe pray for each other. Ooh, God forbid we pray for each other and say, hey, hey, i got some issues. Could you pray for me? I... I don't want to deal with this anymore. I got this problem. And we're going to give God some time to work in our hearts and our lives. And then we have what we call the dream team. The dream team, those are the people that help, help us. And they help us go and reach the world. And my hope, my prayer, is that everybody in this church, if you call this your church family, um, that you could give two Sundays a month to something. Two Sundays a month. I don't want everybody, anybody burned out. You, you can't stop me. All right, this morning I called. I told the guys. I said, guys, I can't get out of bed. My back hurts. They said, Chris, don't show up until 930. It's all right. I was here at 845. That, that's late for me. You can't stop me from coming every week because I love it. But I would love for everyone to have two Sundays a month where you did something. I don't care what it is. Do something you're good at. Do something you enjoy. Or do something you don't like, but needs to be done. Amen? In, in your house, do you ever do something in your own house that you don't like to do, but needs to be done? Laundry. Changing the gar taking the garbage out. All right? I got this old dog. This old dog that my wife loves and I tolerate. Robert loves the dog. I'm sorry, Robert loves the dog. Robert has met my dog, and he has fallen in love with our dog, Angel. And she is old as, as, I mean, she's like 25 years old. No, she's actually like 16. But she can't hold her bladder anymore. So used to be, it was the best dog ever. So you could just say, Angel, 
You got to go outside. She'd go outside. She came back. It never had a problem. Last year, she's leaving little, little puddles everywhere. And I'm like, you, you think I want to wipe them up? She's not. I know. Robert, I know. You have compassion for the dog. I'm stepping in puddles, though, Robert. I know. I'm, I know. I got I to look where I'm stepping. But, but it needs to be done, right? And in church, there's some stuff that just needs to be done. Puddles that just need to be wiped up. So, if, if, Dream Team, that's what we're looking for. Those are some things that, that we, we're trying to do to help us reach this mission. Uh, we left a little paper on your seat. Um, I'd like you to take a few minutes, Rhonda, if you can come up and, and you, you could play. And I, I want you to pray about it. I don't want you just to fill out anything. And if you filled out one before, we're updating, so feel free to fill out one again. But if this is your home church and um, this is something that, that, that this is your place, um, I know that we need, we need people to, to help. I know Gerald the, Gerald, the guy that came up and talked about his workout small group, um, he's taken over the setup team with Dan. Gerald's strong as an ox. But it'd be nice to have an extra set of hands or two. Do you want to know something? Can I tell you the truth? Do you know who usually sets up these chairs for you to sit in? The worship team? They shouldn't have to do that. We can't get two or three guys to show up two Sundays a month and just put the chairs down so they can just do their music. Worship team has never complained about that. Now some of you can't do that, but we need help with kids ministry. We need help with everything. But right now, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to pray, and I want you to ask the Lord and say, God, how should I get involved here if this is your home church? God, in what way should I get involved? Maybe it's greeting people. Maybe it's kids' church. Maybe it's helping with media. Maybe it's leading a small group. I don't know, but maybe it's helping put down chairs. But I want you to pray and I want you to ask the Lord and say, Lord, how should I get involved? And then I want you to fill out that paper. And I'd like everyone to do one, even if you've done one before, because we want to update and make sure nothing has, has changed. If you don't want to serve, that's okay. Maybe this isn't your home church. That's fine. Maybe you're just checking us out. No pressure. But I want to reach this world, and I want to see people who are far from Christ come home. I want to see people who don't know God find out how much Jesus loves them. And in fact, as we're doing this, Maybe you're here today and you're feeling far from God. Maybe you're feeling far from God, like distant. That your relationship with Him is broken. Do you know that Jesus was broken so that that relationship could be restored? That Jesus' body was broken so that your relationship with God could be restored? 
If you're feeling far from God and you're feeling like your relationship with Him is broken, would you just quickly put your hand up so I can know who I'm praying for right now? Amen. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>